BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Say with a little attitude, like, ish. All right. One, two, three, right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of Right Now. Um, today, today, I'm going to take you to Oakland School of the Arts in the heart of downtown Oakland to the second floor inside of Classroom 302. That's where they host this little concert series called Off the Table. But let me tell you, it's not just a little concert series. They got big things going on. Welcome to the chaos. <laughs> it's about to go down. So, Off the Table is this bi-weekly class where teenagers get to show their talent to their fellow students. They produce a show that's kind of like NPR's Tiny Desk, but even better. Like, you're getting the chance to look at the next wave of talent out of the Bay Area. And when I talk about talent, I'm not just talking about vocal abilities or the ability to play the trombone. I'm talking about hands-on skills Things that it takes to, like, run a soundboard or stage manage or even create music videos. That was really good. No, but start it with a little... Before we got started, the class instructor and co-creator, Kava Menzies, told us about what was happening all around us. Like, they all have these cohorts that they work in, and so there's, like, the audio production cohort. Um, digital media kids are already setting up lights and cameras. We have, like, our set design, and they're moving desks and kind of setting up that corner right there. And then some kids are also setting up the audience area, and we actually invite uh, staff and faculty and members of the school to come in for the actual live taping so that they can be live audience for it, too. So Kava's the teacher in the classroom, and at the same time, the class is 100% student-run. All of it came to fruition after a conversation between Kava and one of her students, Ajay Kasim. Before the performance, I talked to the students, and of course, Ajay was the first one to speak up. Oh, what is this? I mean, we were kind of like in a big circle, just like throwing out bad ideas. Um, In uh, Tiny Desk, I was like, okay, let's kind of like do something like off of that, but like not Tiny Desk, you know? So off the table, you know, off the desk. It was like, nah, it's bad. So off the table was what we went with. Gotcha. Okay, so from your perspective, who can tell me what this class does on on a day-to-day basis? So a big part of what this show and this class does is we try to, like, highlight students' artwork that they do outside of school that's, like, their own personal, like, original work. I think it's, like, a great way for us as, like, Oakland youth and, like, for us to come together and share our gifts with one another. Just to know that I have a homie to the left of me and I have a homie to the right of me that does similar things that I do, or maybe not, but we know that we just share a gift and that we can share it with each other, so. Also acknowledging that the presence of one person's talent is not the absence of my own talent and to not compare myself to people. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was awesome. So after a quick convo and a couple of jokes, 
it was time. Time for the show. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Um, we need to switch into show mode. Van needs to take a group photo. If you are, Hello, y'all. If you're not part of that, you're sitting. And then, this week's featured artist, a student by the name of Oliver Tuttle, he got it started. He walked up on stage with his band and trumpet in hand, and they started playing their original song, Backyard Boogie. So the performance was wild, fabulous. I'm talking about teachers were present, like with their phones out. Are they even supposed to have phones in school? I don't know. Whatever. They were taking pictures and videos, and it was festival-like. And then all of a sudden it concluded. The world turned back into a classroom, and the performers turned back into students. They picked up their backpacks. They went off to classes. And I sat there trying to figure out what the hell I just witnessed and also trying to figure out what's the bigger story behind this. Like, come on, there's something special about this classroom, and it speaks to a need being filled. So I talked to Kava about it. Today's performance, Oliver? Yeah. Oliver and the overalls with the... Uh, <laughs> yes, the with overalls. The, with the trombone and the I crew know. and the eighth grader on the guitar. Yeah. And like, how did that come to be? I mean, I'm still like in awe of what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I ha- actually had no idea what he was going to bring. So we just reach out to the like the headline student or the leader of the band, and then they assemble the band themselves. But I didn't know that he was going to do his own original music. There's a lot of trust and faith that if they sign up, they just come and bring what they bring. And then so it's this beautiful discovery process for us where on the show days, we're like, what are we going to hear? And then all of a sudden, these artists come out with everything, and you feel that like live excitement in the room. I taught his brother Emmett for a while, and that was my first time really seeing Oliver and Emmett collaborate. So that was really cool. So cool. It's like Tiny Desk meets School of Rock yeah. meets just a straight jam session of young people. Yeah. Just vibing. You look around the room and it's hands <laughs> it's bobbing such a vibe. and people mm-hmm. just, you know, like. It's like this incubator where we're creating something special and we're just hoping that the vibes of this room start to magnify and grow into something bigger. There's this conversation about the need for art in schools. Mm-hmm. And like obviously we're in an arts school, yeah. so there's gonna be art here. But the fact that it's kind of free, it's liberating, it's not necessarily yeah. this like this is Bach, this is Beethoven, and yeah. this is art. Like 
that how how did you decide to be free? And at the same time, there is structure. It's not <laughs> yeah. just like the kids yeah. run the show. But you know, I, I think that's like my reaction to my own upbringing. And I, you know, I grew up in an environment where I felt like it was a very traditional education and very traditional music classes. And I'm grateful because that's my foundation. But I also feel like it was the wrong way to go about teaching me about creativity. So I feel like to be in art school and talk about creativity and talk about passion and that inner voice requires a certain kind of context that's sacred. And so I think my teaching approach is probably a reaction to what I didn't have. Yeah. Um, and the kids really respond. And we have like very honest conversations about it. I'm always asking them for feedback. And that speaks to other thing that drew me to this conversation. The ability to empower young people to practice free speech. Mm. Like, did, did that dawn on you? Or like, has that ever like come mm. across your mind? Like, free, mm-hmm. like where else is free speech championed mm. by young people? Like, I know I got some teenage niece and nephews mm-hmm. and I like tell them to be quiet all the time. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. what arena do teenagers have to practice free speech? They don't. I mean, there's so few arenas that that's possible. And they're always having to like curb or somehow limit their capacity and limit who they are and what it is that they say. I, I never thought of it like that, but that's true. I, yeah, honestly, as an adult, I try to get out of the way. I think it's so fascinating how you could have a spot, a place where young people could speak freely, have their voice yeah. heard, and then also like bring the art that they do outside of school yeah. and perform it in front of their friends. Absolutely. How empowering is that? Yeah, actually I care most about who these kids are in their personal lives. Like the art is probably 30% of what I care about, interestingly enough. And I, I really care about what kind of people they are in the world. And so what I'm seeing is that they are so awake. There's like an open-heartedness and a willingness to understand each other that isn't yet jaded by adult experience. This ain't easy when you feel double passion. I gotta go and get it. I hate reminiscing. Everything's not a given. That's the way I learned to live it. See, I never needed anybody else. If I ever needed help, I went to myself. People come and go. That's the Why is what you do important right now in Oakland, in the Bay Area, and in the world? To me, the most important thing that I feel like I'm doing is connecting with people and touching lives and tapping into creativity. And it's healing. That's what it feels like is community healing. And it's everything. When Kava talks about community healing, it's not just community healing, like some lofty concept of it. It's community healing in practice. In fact, before we sat down for the interview, Kava had received a message that a former student of OSA and uh, a daughter of a friend of mine had recently passed. You heard about it, the young Her dad Karina. Is my it, that's friend. So uh, you know, you know. Yeah. Karina's dad. I forgot she went here. I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Pete and I worked together, <sighs> so he texted me yesterday. Yeah, and I think she dated Ajay, the young man with the dreads that I was telling you about like years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. just like man. Yeah. And a couple of my kids yesterday were like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm not like fully present because I'm dealing with this mentally," and so. Yeah. And I didn't think I knew the kid until this moment where she just explained to me who it was. So. Because yeah. it's been like one a year at this point, and it's just it, it, Victor, and mm. it, it's, you know, we had a kid Neil the year before. It's just a lot. So mm. it's another reason to create just joy and just beautiful space for these kids because they're precious and important, and we don't know how long we have with them. So. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry to bring that no, no, vibe, no, no, but no, like that's just real. That's mm. what it means to teach. That's what it means to teach, to embrace your students as full people, members of the community, and to keep in mind that life doesn't pause inside of a classroom. Thank you to Kava, Kava Menzies, for creating a platform 
for these young students to show their talents to the world. I want to offer my condolences to Pete and Vonna Nix, um, also the friends and family that have been affected. And I want to give a shout out to the students who filled the room of 302 with joy over at OSA. You can follow their work at Off the Table 302. That's Off the Table, all one word. The number's 302 on Instagram. While you have your phone out, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the Right Nowish podcast. And if you're already subscribed, go ahead and rate us. Five stars would be suggested. And then if you want to take it a step further, tell a friend. Much appreciated. And while I'm giving my thank yous out, I want to be sure to say a thank you to the producer behind this show, Ashley Ann Krigbaum, for making this magic happen and joining me in the classroom of 302. Big shout out to the editor, Jessica Plachik. Thank you to Julie Kane and thank you to David Marcus and Holly Kernan over at KQED. Thanks for supporting us. Thank you to all my teachers who helped me get to where I am. Some of them are listening. So shout out to the teachers out there. Oh, and I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, your host. Thanks for joining me. Peace. Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.